The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. You guys got this weird little bonus the last couple of days, and I don't know if you even realized that it happened, but because I had no childcare for a week, I was forced to do these podcasts at like basically midnight the night before, which is also why in a bunch of the shows earlier this week, I kept saying the wrong day because not only was I recording it early, but I was recording it almost right around the time the day was going to flip. It's very confusing for me, but you guys did get shows posted at some 7 or 8 a.m. I was able to schedule them to drop, and then today, I have help again. So the show comes a little bit later. It's nice for me. Sucks for you, I guess. So apologies on that front. Good Thursday to you all. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. We are on the final midweek show of this. What the hell is this? Is this week nine already? Who knows? Who cares? Utter craziness. We're just gliding along. We're a mere two weeks away at this point, basically, from the All-Star break. We got a big Wednesday to review, a very short Thursday to preview, although kind of an interesting one. Some fun ball games, you know, TNT Thursdays. They don't they don't mess around with uninteresting basketball games on Thursdays. Two good ones, really. Toronto, Milwaukee. Lakers, Nets. I don't know why I went cities with the first game and team name with the second one. And then somewhere off on the periphery, the Heat, who refused to win a game, and the Kings, who are arguably the streakiest team again. Those two teams are playing. Let's see who the hell is actually in those ball games. And uh, we'll break all that good stuff down. So welcome to the show, everyone. I am Dan Bespris, your host, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. You guys know the drill here at the front end. At D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from HoopBall. We're pushing our YouTube feed on you guys right now, and I think some of you have gone over there and checked it out. Really fun thing coming up later on today on the HoopBall YouTube page, which again, not available anywhere else. These things are YouTube exclusives. What to watch for today at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Jovan Bua of The Athletic is guest co-hosting with Alan Soroki today's What to Watch For show. So that's really cool. Jovan, if you are unaware, uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, he's J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. He follows the Lakers for The Athletic. He's the Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. That's a pretty big damn deal. And he's a fantasy enthusiast. And he's popping on with the good folks here at HoopBall. So go to YouTube.com slash HoopBall and subscribe. For goodness sake, you don't want to miss the growth of the HoopBall YouTube page. Get in now before it gets to be a giant thing. And you can kind of help us grow it in the process, which is very cool. Because if you subscribe and if you click the thumbs up on a bunch of stuff, that helps get that stuff in front of other random people and YouTube algorithms and so forth. And then it, the snowball effect takes takes hold and we'll handle it from there. So thank you to those that have done so. Thank you as also, uh, thank you also, I should say, to those of you that have dropped ratings and reviews on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. This has been an insane spurt 
of new reviews on Fantasy NBA Today. I love you guys for it. You're the damn best out there. We're up to 622 now. A few more of you have done it over the last couple of days. Goal was 625, and we're almost there already. To those that are trying to figure out how to do it, they've, they've not made it simple which is a real pain in the butt. If you're on a mobile device, if it's an Apple mobile device, then basically, by the way, this is how to do it using iTunes. I don't even know how to do it using Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcasts or whatever they're calling their, their service these days. I do know how to do it on Apple, and that is sort of the big, they're the juggernaut in this playing field. If it's on a mobile device, you open up the podcast app and use the search function. That's really important. Search for Fantasy NBA Today. Click on the show title, the big logo, not one of the episodes, the big logo, and scroll to the bottom on the next page. That's where the ratings and reviews are. If you're using iTunes on a computer, that's a little bit easier. You still use the search function, Fantasy NBA Today, click on the show title, and then there's a little tab in the middle of the screen for ratings and reviews. If you want to write something, that's awesome. You don't even have to. Every time one of you guys clicks the subscribe button to this podcast or drops a review on it, we gain a little bit more strength and can power on into the future, and more people can find us, and all that good stuff. So you guys are the best. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All that stuff at the front end of the show is now done. Let's recap a big Wednesday in the association. There were 11 games, then there were 8 games, then there were back up to 10 games. Doesn't matter how many games there were. We're we're checking them out right now. The Knicks lost in Orlando. The Magic had a couple days off after getting home from their road trip, and they looked fairly refreshed for this ballgame. Shot 46%, which is actually Pretty good for them these days. Vooch, oddly enough, was not one of the Magic's best players. He did grab grab 16 rebounds and had five assists, but didn't shoot the ball all that well. The stuff we were watching in this one. First, Evan Fournier made his return. They desperately need his offense. He went eight for 15 with three threes, a steal, three assists. You know, he's he's been a better ball mover this year. That's a big deal because they don't have a point guard. Terrence Ross finally got hot. His usage has been going nuts over the last couple of ball games. This was kind of the first time we saw the shots going in, which, we I mean, we know the deal with Ross. He runs very hot and then very cold and then very hot. He's settled now at number 121 on a per-game basis this season. He's actually number 91 by totals because he's been... Fairly durable to this point. But he's on a little bit of a warm run these days. Field goal percent at 41.5. Hopefully that'll trend back up a little bit. Got his three-pointers back up at over two per game. This this is Terrence Ross. You take the good with the bad. I really thought he would settle inside the top 100 this year. Uh, and we're going to need a longer warm spell to get there. But not that long. That's the beauty of being just outside the top 100. It only takes one or two good games. And all of a sudden, you're on the other side of the fence. Dwayne Bacon had a good ball game, but he only played 18 minutes, so I'm not diving too deep into that one. The other guy we were watching was Michael Carter-Williams, who played 30 minutes. No Cole Anthony, I know, but I really do think this is Carter-Williams' job to lose at this point. And, mind you, he could lose it, but defensively, he's a colossal upgrade over Cole Anthony or Frank Mason, who got hurt, and they signed Chasen Randall to be the backup point guard on the team right now. Jason Randall, I don't think, is going to take that job from Michael Carter-Williams either. Carter-Williams did have seven assists in yesterday's game and one steal. Only two rebounds, though, and only six points. His percentages are not good. He does seem to profile, at least right now, as more of a points league guy. 
this is, by the way, this was the game I put on your homework assignment list. So we're not we're not going to waste any time. We're, we're we're going the full throttle here on this ball game because there was a lot that happened. I try to do my best when there are guys who have a, a clear split like this. Michael Carter Williams seems like a definite hold in points leagues because he's playing thirty minutes as a starting point guard, and he can get you somewhere between five and eight assists per ball game, and he'll probably, I would think in general, see more than two rebounds because he is a, a, a bigger point guard. Vooch just got them all in this ballgame because the Knicks' centers didn't spread the floor. When a center spreads the floor, you need more gang rebounding. Knicks had mostly Nerland's Noel, and so Vooch was able to camp out near the rim, get a whole bunch of boards. So there you guys didn't need to. I also think Michael Carter-Williams generally shoots better than two for eight. I don't know if he gets many more shots than eight per ball game. Maybe he trends between eight and ten. And that probably gets him in the ten points category. And he probably does average more than one steal per ball game in almost 30 minutes a night. But his free throw percent isn't very good. His field goal percent isn't very good. He doesn't hit any three-pointers. His turnovers are going to be something. They're non-zero as a starting point guard for an NBA team. So, I, you know, I worry about some of the Westbrookian tendencies we have here of a guy who's not going to contribute in threes, going to be a drag in both percentages, and probably, in sort of anti-Westbrookian fashion, probably not really going to score enough to be super fantasy relevant in category leagues. But I'll give him another game. This was a down one. You want to see kind of how it averages out. Maybe they get a little higher scoring in an upcoming ball game. Probably not, though. Magic aren't going to beat anybody with offense at this point. So I'm holding Michael Carter-Williams in pretty much all formats right now, although I will say the leash is much shorter in category leagues. And if somebody else pops up, which they sort of did later in the card here, and we'll talk about them in a minute, you, I wouldn't be all that upset if you moved on. Likewise, on the Knicks side, you're seeing these timeshares are a real drag. Derrick Rose went just one for 10 in this ball game, only two assists. Knicks only had 16 assists in the entire ball game. I'm a little worried about that. I thought he was going to trend up towards 24, 25 minutes a game with, with Tom Thibodeau. It seems like, and this is the problem with coming off the bench, if the bench unit is getting their butts kicked, which they did in this ball game, they get yanked quickly. I think, they, I think the bench unit played like six minutes in the first half. Tibbs was like, oh, this isn't any threw his starters back in post-haste, which meant Emmanuel quickly had a poor ball game. He did make seven free throws, so I guess that was something. And Alfred Payton, and then it ended up as a blowout, so those minutes leveled off a little bit. But Payton, R.J. Barrett, Reggie Bullock, all those guys saw extra first-half minutes. And it, I mean, it's just a long way of detailing why it's hard to trust someone who comes off the bench every ball game. I'm going to try to hold on to Derrick Rose for another ball game if I can, because I still believe in my heart of hearts, that Tibbs is going to deploy him enough. But it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. And there are a lot of really interesting guys. Streamers, maybe. But this tis the season to stream guys. This is where you need fill-ins. Just rotate through them because they're so damn frequent this year. Nerlens Noel, 6-9 and nine with a steal. He'll be better in the next one. This, you know, just a just a bad game for New York. They didn't have it. Atlanta beat Boston. Uh, the Celtics decided not to take the ball out of Trey Young's hands, and he went yakko, 40-8 in this one. Cam Reddish has had a couple decent ones in a row, but I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. 
fantasy game still leaving a bit to be desired, and he's pretty far down the pecking order. There weren't really any surprises in this game, certainly on the Atlanta side. Gallo, 25 minutes, which should be enough, but his shooting right now is so bad that he can't float the missing other things. It will come around. He just doesn't have his legs. Never really got going, never got himself into game shape, missed a bunch of time with an ankle injury, and so now he's starting over. This is like towards the tail end of his training camp happening live. With Boston, no Daniel Tice surprised me. I thought he might be back for this ballgame, and so the guy to watch there turned out to be, well, turned out to be Tristan Thompson, but you know you're not starting him. Robert Williams is the one in category leagues who played 19 minutes. Normally, 19 minutes is enough for the Time Lord. In this particular one, it wasn't quite and he missed two free throws, but got his two blocks. And if we hear about Daniel Tice missing, missing any additional ball games, you stream the Time Lord. You do. Not Tristan Thompson. I know Tristan Thompson's the starter, but he has issues with his fantasy game. I think a couple years ago we nicknamed the 11-11 double-double uh, Tristan. He generally doesn't do anything else. He happened to get a couple steals in this ball game, and he didn't tank anyone's free throw percent. But as far as you can go with that one. Houston in Philadelphia, the Sixers home off a long road trip. They were without Ben Simmons, so Matisse Thibel slid into the starting lineup and everybody else moved up a pocket. Thibel, I think the officially the starting shooting guard, although doesn't really matter, I guess. If he ever starts, and you know he won't on this team because they have five very clear lead dogs, he could average five defensive stats a ballgame. Problem is he doesn't do anything else. Five points... One board, two assists, one three-pointer, four steals and one block. You gotta love that. I'm betting Ben Simmons is back within a game, maybe two, and it seems like the other guys are all fine, so I'm not racing out to pick him up, but, I mean, we all know the defensive upside with Thibault, and just be ready, because he seems to be the drop-in guy, although uh, no Shake Milton, so perhaps he would have been the first choice here had he been around. Houston side, they were still without Christian Wood, probably will be through the All-Star break. No Victor Oladipo, his foot still out. So uh, we got the DeMarcus Cousins, I can play your big man because I'm a big man game. And I still feel like Boogie is worth streaming. I know he hasn't been that great in his fill-in role. We were sort of hoping for more, but his body's not really allowing for it. But 37 minutes, he, he, he went... The full game in this one and looked really good. The The bigger story on the Houston side, and with no Oladipo, it's, it's pretty hard to get a final ruling on this, is will any of these wings separate themselves? Jay Sean Tate played well in this ballgame. 33 minutes, 19-6-4, three steals. He's shown himself to be a pretty good field goal percent slasher, leaper type with steals and some rebounds, but really not much in the three-point department. Doesn't shoot the free throw well. David Nwaba is similarly built, shoots the free throw a little better, but the field goal a little bit less. And then Daniel House hits the three ball, but the field goal percent is lower and not as many steals. So you've got these three guys that are vying for really one guy's worth of fantasy stuff. And if anyone can separate themselves, we'll be ready to pounce on it. But right now, anything you're getting is because Oladipo is out. And that's unfortunately not enough for us to go on. And so, because there are a million things left to cover, we rumble along. Indiana at Minnesota overtime, and we got lots of juicy numbers in this one, thanks to a 260-some-odd point final total here. 
Demonis Sabonis, monster game. Malcolm Brogdon, monster game. And then decent ones from a couple other guys. Justin Holiday, 11-9. He's just been a terrific player for Indy all season long. Miles Turner slowing. Eight points, two boards, but he did have his four blocks, so that floated things a little bit. Jeremy Lamb, 18-8, couple of three-pointers. That was fine. The guy that was oddly quiet in this game was TJ McConnell, who has lately been handling a lot of the point guard ball handling, get the team fired up duties, and they just sort of didn't need it. So Bonus and Brogdon accounted for 17 of the team's 31 assists. I think McConnell will be fine in the next one. He went back to the bench with Doug McDermott returning, but McDermott wasn't very good in this ball game. So a little bit inexplicable. Also, Aaron Holiday had arguably his best game of the season. There haven't been many guys in the NBA that have looked more lost this year than Aaron Holiday. I can't fully explain that one. He just constantly in the wrong place and just missing shots, and you have to wonder if it was sort of going to his head a little. If he starts to play better, he's someone to keep an eye on because he could leapfrog TJ McConnell in the kind of point guard, whatever you... I don't know if he's... I mean, he plays some shooting guards, some small forward. He's, he's bigger, I believe, than McConnell. But keep an eye on that, just in case. Just in case. We are always riding McConnell until the wheels fell off, but he never... I never really expected him to last the whole year. I thought he might last until a TJ Warren or a Karis LeVert came back, but there's no guarantee on that one. Meanwhile, we have a pretty uh, reasonable timeline on Ricky Rubio on the other side. He will be starting and posting decent numbers, most likely, until D'Angelo uh, Russell comes back. And he had a huge ball game here, 20-13 and 13 with three threes. And, you know, he's a guy that... We said a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago now, you just sort of have to plop him on your bench because he's playing starters minutes with no Russell, and he was showing signs. He wasn't scoring, but he was rebounding, passing, getting his steals, hitting his free throws, kind of the usual stuff that floats his value. We thought, well, look, if anything really ever pops loose, we want to be the team that already has him on the roster. And so now we are, and it's paying off. Cat is getting there. Talked about how his wrist still hurts, but he did have 13, 10, two steals, and two blocks, so that's all right. And then Anthony Edwards cooled off in this one, but still took 15 shots, and so really it's not... I'm not worried about it. He's His role is locked in now, and I think you can trust him. He's, he's just getting better by the week, and the trend line is the right way. Nas Reed went crazy big in 18 minutes off the bench, but that's just not enough time. So no real big changes here other than to say, man, it's a good thing we already had Rubio kind of semi-streamer stashed, so to speak. And then uh, McConnell, you're not dropping. Not yet. Detroit and Chicago in the makeup, well, not a really a makeup game. It was sort of like a play early game because they were going to play other teams. Those games got canceled, and then so they just played each other in Chicago. Jeremy Grant made his best effort at a Boyan in this game. 43 points and almost nothing else somehow. Two boards. One block was the only non-scoring stats he had to his ledger. Very weird, but good to see him hit a lot of his shots. This helps his field goal percent, uh, shot 60% for the ballgame in that one. Jeremy Grant, number 26 by averages at this point in the season. Well, he just continues to roll along. DeLon Wright, another good ball game, 12-4-4 with three steals. He's uh, He's been brilliant and I'm only upset I didn't get him in more places. The story on the Detroit side, the guy we were watching was Sadiq Bey, who had 12-7 and 7 with three assists, a steal, and a three-pointer. 
in sort of the, I know he had started a couple of games already, but this is kind of the first, okay, Blake is fully shut down until he gets moved. You're the starter. I don't know if he can last through the season. I mean, this is asking a ton of a young player. Yeah, he had a couple of college years under his belt, so he's not like a 19-year-old coming out. Like we saw with Dumbuya last year, he had two or three good games and then just crapped out. Bay probably can handle the pressure, the load a little bit better. But there's other, you know, like Josh Jackson can play small forward. You might see them rotate other guys in. They didn't, it wasn't a particularly deep rotation for Dwayne Casey. Only went nine deep in this ballgame and a competitive one. So maybe an example of where you're looking. We we talked a bit about Bay on the yesterday's show or the one before. I've I've lost track of the days, and frankly, it doesn't really matter. He's going to be fully rostered in pretty much every fantasy league because of the Blake Griffin news. But what we don't really know is what is his stat set? He appears to be a good foul shooter. I think we can say that with some measure of confidence. He doesn't appear to be a guy who gets a ton of defensive stats. He's at .5 steals in about 20 minutes per ball game right now, and he got one in 32 minutes yesterday after three the previous ball game, but the three previous games he didn't have any. And it wasn't like he wasn't playing any minutes. Yeah, he had an 18-minute game in there, but that was three games, a total of about 65 minutes, and no steals or blocks. I think he has like one block the whole year at this point. His rebounding is fine. It looks like if he's out there long enough, he'll just sort of fall into five-ish boards as a small forward. The passing seems to be okay. He had six, and then he had three, although, again, two previous games he didn't have any. So it's unclear what he really is, other than it seems like he's been hot from three-point land lately, and so you know he's around two three-pointers a game on the season in only 20 minutes. Does that trend up to three three-pointers in 30 minutes? I kind of doubt it. Field goal percent is low. We don't really know where that's going to settle either. So I get it. A lot of people have picked him up to see where this goes. Even if I did pick him up, I wouldn't be starting him until we knew more about what he's actually going to provide. And frankly, he's a guy, to me, that might fall into the streamer category in terms of what he gives you on a game-to-game basis. Kind of, you know, might have a week where he's inside the top 100, a week where he's outside of it settles probably somewhere in between those two. I would rather go ultra-hot, super-obvious streamer hunting with that particular roster spot, because I don't know that the upside is that high. And, mind you, in a month or two, we still might see Killian Hayes on this team. That's probably your guy. I mean, he's going to get totally turned loose down the stretch. Chicago side, Wendell Carter Jr.'s second game back. He's up to 27 minutes already, and that's cool. 18-3 and three with a steal and two blocks. We saw everything we wanted to out of Wendell Carter Jr. in this game, other than more rebounds, which went to our buddy Thad Young, who fouled out in 24 minutes, but normally he would be playing more there, too. So no real adjustments. Patrick Williams had a slightly better ball game here. Uh, low usage for him right now, and that's a shame because... I think if they let him do more stuff, it might he might be worth fantasy owning, but he's not at the moment. So your guy there, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., who did definitely get dropped in a lot of spots, he looks pretty good since coming back, and I got to think the minutes keep trending up, and I love me some attitude. Washington beat Denver in a high-scoring game. I thought about taking the Wiz. I thought about taking the over. Ultimately, I went with the Wizards, and either one would have been right. Uh, teams shot the ball well. Pace was high. Washington, I mean, I... 
Is there time on this podcast for another rant about why you're not fouling up three at the end of a ball game? It's so foolish. The Wizards have Davis Bertans, Bradley Beal, Raul Neto. They have some really, like, legitimately good foul shooters on that team. If you're worried, like, are we going to win a free throw shooting contest with the Nuggets? The answer is enough. If you're up three, and at the time they were up three with nine seconds to go in the ballgame, with a foul to give. So Nuggets inbounded, ran, started to run a play. Westbrook, I think, took a foul there. So that was cool. Um, and then there were five seconds left. And at that point, um, the Nuggets took their final timeout to make sure I'm getting my recap in my head right. So now Denver is out of timeouts. With five seconds left, they've crafted a play or crafted a way to get the ball into the hands of presumably Jokic or Jamal Murray. Ball comes to Jamal Murray, who backs out a little bit and puts it on the ground. As soon as someone puts it on the ground, you must foul them or at least make you think you're, they're going to be fouled. You must. I understand that there's a possibility here where you foul someone taking a three-pointer. What if it goes in? You end up down a point. That's pretty low. Like, if they see you coming to foul them, an NBA player is smart enough to go put the shot up. So you have a couple of tools in your tool belt as the defending team. Rui Hachimura was the guy who got switched down to Murray as they were switching everything. Just bear hug him. Chase him down and run straight through his body if you have to. And as he faces up on you and puts the ball on the ground, just basically go running at him. Whatever you got to do. Foul someone as soon as the ball leaves the hands of the inbounder. Because they're two free throws and they're going to foul you. And all you have to do is not turn it over. Is that the fear here? That you're going to turn it over on an inbound? Anyway, Jamal Murray tied the ball game. Wizards got very lucky because Bradley Beal got open with two seconds left. And Jamichael Green landed on him. Beal hit two free throws, ball game over. But my good lord. I mean, we saw it in the Suns Nuggets games too. Both teams didn't do it. Why are we not? Whatever. Jokic, big ball game. Jamal Murray, good to see him have a good one. Jamichael Green filling in for Paul Millsap had a nice performance. Michael Porter Jr. played a little bit better in this one. You'll take it. Facundo Campazzo was the guy we were hoping to stream, but then Monte Morris and Gary Harris both got ruled in, and so Campazzo was no longer worth a stream. Jermichael Green has some legs here for as long as Paul Millsap is out. So there's another interesting streamer. Davis Bertans, the big wake-up game on the Wizards' side. 35 points on nine three-pointers, three boards, an assist, a steal, and a block. Made all eight of his free throws. Line of the night for the Latvian Laser. Called him a buy low on Friday's show of last week, and here is the explosion. And the funny thing about the way that life works, when you're not, when you're outside the top 200, one big ball game, and you can jump five rounds. Bertans now is number 149 on the season while making three three pointers a game. But of course, the thing is, and, and it's always important to compare stats year over year, he's shooting 38% from the field this year 11 and a half points three boards one assist 0.7 steals those numbers uh parallel what he did last year quite a bit with 
basically the exception of the field goal percent and the fact that he's been sort of trying to get his legs underneath him. Last year, he was at 15 points, 3.7 three-pointers on 43% shooting on 11 shots per ball game. So the shots were higher. The minutes were higher. He was at 29 last year. He's at 26 this season. But what you'll notice, the trend line is up. He was at 29 and a half minutes yesterday, starting to get his wind. If you bought low, cool. Mo Wagner started, played only three minutes, and it's why you really can't trust pretty much any any center on this team. And you pretty much can't trust anyone beyond Beal, Bertans, and Westbrook, who continues to put up some of the worst triple-doubles I have ever seen. Portland. I mean, holy crap, Dame. Damian Lillard has gone... Well, he's, he's loaded another team onto his back, is what he's done. He's now number eight in nine cat. It's hard, by the way, to move... In, when you're in the first round already, he was number 10 per game yesterday, and now he's number 8 today. By totals, by the way, Dame is number 3. Oh, excuse me, we're, uh, somehow it flipped me back. Not number 3. Get a hold of yourself. By t- oh, no, he is number 3. Excuse me, he was number 3 last year, he's number 3 this year as well. Things were flipping back and forth. Uh, yeah, he's played more games than some of the guys behind him. Dame with uh, 27 games so far this year. Jokic is the runaway number one right now, and Steph is the runaway number two. There's sort of a this big step down from Jokic down to Steph and then down to Dame. But, wow, what another run that Dame is putting together. Meanwhile, Rob Covington, 12 and 8, two threes, two steals, four blocks, eight cash counters for Covington in this ballgame. He is now number 64 in nine category leagues and he's still only shooting 37 percent from the field he went five for six in this ball game yeah we'd love him to take more shots per game that would be swell but you're seeing again he doesn't need to he doesn't need to over the last month covington is number 32 nine and seven with 3.2 defensive stats and actually fewer than two three-pointers a game 32 over the last month. So if you were worried, by the way, he's number 26 over his last two weeks. The defensive stats, everything just continues to go up, and uh, here he is on his way back to where we always knew he would be. Gary Trent, still the uh, stream meister on this team. No changes there for Portland. I just wanted to highlight how good Rob Covington had been lately, and Dame as well. New Orleans side, Steven Adams hurt his ankle Early in this ballgame, he's questionable for the next one. Willie Hernan Gomez stepped in, played 29 minutes at 11 points and 17 rebounds. He's a rebounding machine when he's on the basketball court, and it does seem like he's the backup. He's past Jackson Hayes. And I grabbed Willie Hernan Gomez in every game's cap spot I could because if I can even milk two games out of him, it'll be worth it. He could give me 30 rebounds in those two games. I would like that. Very much. I don't know. Steven Adams might play in the next one. He's he's a tough guy, but he's been sort of dealing with stuff. I think Adams had, what, didn't have a sore back briefly in a previous ball game. His minutes sort of down for a few games in a row there. They play again tomorrow on Friday against Phoenix. I'm sure they'd love to have him back. Um, but with a back thing, an ankle thing, I mean, I don't know how many, I don't know how many times you need to keep pushing your way through until you finally just get a day off. We'll see. We'll see. You'll have to monitor the news on that one. But damn, if we find out that Hernan Gomez is getting a start in their game tomorrow or any sequence of games, cash it in, man. Cash it in.
Boy, Eric Bledsoe has been bad. He's probably a drop. Can't believe that. He was probably a drop two weeks ago. Oklahoma City in Memphis. If you can figure out what the Grizzlies are going to do on a night-to-night basis, you win. Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, still playing well. Grayson Allen's been on a serious heater. I'm extremely concerned that if I picked him up and dropped him to my lineup, that would be the game that he goes, you know, one for eight from downtown. If you have the stones on that, go for it, but not me. Brandon Clark trending back up. That's good. Got his 24, 25 minutes. Two threes, two steals, two blocks. That's pretty amazing. He's been really good after that extremely slow start. And we're still waiting on DeAnthony Melton and Jaron Jackson Jr. Oklahoma City side, a big fan of Theo Maladon right now. I've mentioned him as sort of the guy. Uh, Shea came back, so that's good news. Horford sat this one out. So Isaiah Roby got the start. And any time that Horford sits, you can feel pretty comfortable streaming Roby. But, you, you know, you're, you're eyeballing the back-to-backs at that point, And sometimes you get the information a little bit too late to do anything about it. In terms of all of the young guys on this team, and when I say the young guys, I mean Hamadou Diallo, Luke Dort, Darius Baisley, and Theo Maladon. Those are the four youth movement guys that I think for Oklahoma City, if they were like, hey, who are you kind of building your team around? Those are the four names that would pop up. I know Justin Jackson had a couple big fill-in games, but I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's a key piece. Same story, Kenrich Williams, and he's not. I wouldn't call him the young guy either. I know he's not an old dude, but anyway, you get my meaning. Those are kind of the main four. Baisley had a better ball game here, but we've seen his massive fantasy issues: field goal percent, free throw percent, just huge drags. Otherwise, really interesting. As we, you know, if he if he can get those either one of those percentages really fixed, he would leapfrog into the conversation, but not really happening. Lou Dort doesn't put up as many fantasy stats. He also has percentages issues and and doesn't even really get the popcorn stuff. So, and then Diallo, he's a little bit farther down the pecking order, not a floor spacer, not a great foul shooter, turns it over a lot. That's why you come around to Maladon. He's the point guard, which already gives you kind of a an inside track to fantasy value, even though Shea is really the, the orchestrator on the floor. But for Maladon, three-pointers, some assists, some steals. He's shown a proficiency in categories that can move you up the ranking board quickly. If you can get Maladon, I would do it. I don't know what George Hill's timeline looks like, and it's possible even when he gets healthy, he doesn't regain the starting role. And at some point this year, Hill's probably either getting bought out or traded. So Maladon has some really nice second-half appeal, and we're close enough to the second half now where we can start talking like that. So Maladon's a guy, he's a streamer with benefits. I want to try to make that a term. It's not friends with benefits, it's streamer with benefits. It's a streamer where he might just have the job. Miami-Golden State, another overtime game. Heat blew a double-digit lead late, and they're just not good right now. Kelly Olynyk was meh. I mean, serviceable ball game, but not good. Kendrick Nunn has moved into this weird scoring role with Goran Dragic out, but no, I'm not buying into that one. Duncan Robinson finally got a couple of steals and four rebounds, but he's been way down this year, and Jimmy Butler a triple-double. But look, let's give Andrew Wiggins a lot of credit. Butler triple-doubled, but he wasn't that great. Five turnovers, didn't shoot the ball well, didn't get to the free-throw line even one time. There are problems in Miami, and they've... They've been there basically since this team got knocked out in the bubble. They're just not the same. 
I faded them this year. I have an under bet on their season win total, so I should I should be happier, but it's kind of weird. Warriors had Draymond Green a late scratch, so they went Juan Toscano Anderson at center, and it didn't go all that great from that perspective. Somehow they went somehow they won the ball game. Go figure. I I don't honestly I don't really know how they did it. Kent Bazemore exploded. Kelly Oubre has been better lately. Patchwork this thing for the Warriors. I'm not making many massive changes here. I think Duncan Robinson is teetering on the brink of droppable. I'm not adding Kendrick Nunn. Kelly Olynyk. if he goes into a little cold patch here, you could bench him if you want. I still think he finishes inside the top 100, certainly by totals and maybe even by averages as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, things are weird for the Heat right now. And then the Clippers, still without their two superstars, sounded like Kawhi was close. He ended up sitting this one out, and the Jazz whomped him. Big second-half run for Utah, as per usual. Royce O'Neal, maybe the most under-rostered top 90 player I've ever seen in fantasy. He should be owned everywhere, and he's not. Like, he's been legitimately helpful in nine-category leagues for pretty much the entire season. He's ranked ahead of a lot of guys that are rostered way higher than he is. Clippers' side... Ivica Zubats had a zoo. This is what I'm going to call it. Anytime he plays 21 or 22 minutes and gets you 8 points and 10 rebounds, that's a Zubats. Late round center. Very predictable. No upside. Patrick Beverly is the guy we're keeping tabs on because the return of Paul George and the return of Kawhi Leonard, they don't impact him the same way they do with, like, a Lou Williams where Beverly had eight points, four boards, two steals, two blocks, and a three-pointer, only took three shots, made them all. But I want to see those minutes get back into the high 20s before I advocate actually dropping him into your lineup. And Marcus Morris, who did take 15 shots, so that's the good, but missed most of them. That's the bad. His heater kind of wore out there. But some really interesting streamer stuff that went on uh, on that big Wednesday card. Really interesting streamer stuff. I'm... uh, yeah, I'm I'm all jazzed. I'm all jazzed up about hoping I can milk a game out of Willie Hernan Gomez. What a weird what a weird thing to say out loud. Uh wanna give you guys a shout out to one of our sponsors from late last year. And we need your help. We need your help. And this is one of those shows where I ask you guys to go check out something that does cost money, but I'm betting a few of you could really use it. And that is our buddies at expressvpn.com. They were our partners in September, October, and November, if I believe. If I'm getting my months right, I don't know. I, you know how the last year has gone. And they are putting our promo back online a little bit longer. Protect yourself with the VPN that I use. I use it. And trust it. And so if I want to do something like watch a streaming service and them not know where I'm located, I turn on my ExpressVPN. Or let's say that you're out there. I'm not talking about myself here. But let's say that you're out there and you know, you're, you're into torrenting and things like that. Protect your privacy with a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash hoopball and get a bonus three months on a one-year package. So your 12-month package turns into 15 months using that specialty link, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. I know a couple of you that have done it, 
and have been really satisfied. And here's the really nice part about it. Some of you have probably used VPNs before, and you probably know more about them than I do. And that's fine. I wouldn't claim to be an expert or anything like that. But one thing that I know to be true about ExpressVPN is that they don't cap your speed. By turning this on, yes, you're adding more hoops that your computer, internet, whatever, has to jump through, but it doesn't slow it down. I don't know how they do it. That's above my pay grade. But I do know that if you were downloading something or streaming live video or whatever it might be, you can do it at your normal clip using expressvpn.com. So again, that website is expressvpn.com slash hoopball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Please go check it out. Even if you don't end up getting anything, go check it out. Learn a little bit more about what you can do differently in your life by having a VPN. And when you decide you want to get one, use this one, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Check it out right now. 15 months for the price of 12. Big thank you to those guys. We'll be promoing them here over the next week on the show. Would love it if a couple of you guys actually ended up getting a subscription. But at the very least, please do check it out on our behalf. Short Thursday card, three gamer. But I'm actually kind of excited about it. And we can talk about betting because there are few enough games. Toronto-Milwaukee, this is the second half of a rematch game. Raptors beat the Bucks straight up in the previous one. Milwaukee favored by six. I wonder... Do the Bucs finally get their act together in this one? Kyle Lowry questionable for this ballgame. Now he's dealing with a thumb thing in addition to the ankle stuff. Fantasy-wise, really not a whole lot here. Brooklyn in L.A. to take on the Lakers. We're watching again the Lakers to find out who fills in for Anthony Davis. Thought it was going to be Kyle Kuzma. It actually ended up being Marc Gasol in the last one. If that happens again... I'm diving all over Marc Gasol. He's that really interesting across-the-board fantasy games, even in his old man age. Brooklyn, no KD, uh, but Kyrie should be back for this one, and I think you have a pretty good idea of what to expect with that. Lakers favored by two and a half in this ballgame. I don't know how they stop anybody. Lakers defensively, they got to keep everyone on the perimeter because they don't have that rim protection with no Anthony Davis, and I've got to think that Harden is getting by his man and if they double him, they can get it to Kyrie. It's a little different than last year when the Lakers doubled Harden and he had to throw it to Westbrook, who they could just sag off of. Miami in Sacramento off the overtime game. This line has dropped now to a pick em. Heat were a very short favorite. Sacramento has Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes questionable. I got to wonder if Miami rests anybody after the long one last night in Oakland. Well, they're in San Francisco now. Golden State, fantasy-wise... If there's no Rashawn Holmes, you might get a little streamer action out of a Hassan Whiteside. And on the Miami side, we really just need to see the usual guys get back to their usual production. Fun games, though. TNT games in particular. Toronto, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, LA. Those are going to be good ones. Enjoy them. A couple times this week, I've thrown out the pod recruiting pitch. I'll do that one more time here on today's show, and, and maybe I'll throw one in there tomorrow. I haven't decided yet. If you want to be a part of our podcast team at HoopBall, this is your chance to let me know. At Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. But I want you guys to take in mind one key piece of information. This is not for screwing around. Like, oh, I want to start a podcast. I don't know what, you know. No, this is, do you want to grow something special that you can work on for, I don't know, the rest of your life? 
maybe not that long, but a few years, this is a project. If you're someone that wants to, that has that passion, whether it's fantasy or covering a team, not in fantasy, actually, you know, like a beat pod, whatever it might be, fantasy, full season DFS, gaming, team coverage, whatever. If you have that passion and you want to build something that's truly extraordinary from the ground up, that's the folks we're looking for. And thank you to everybody that's written in so far on this. So that's why I'm throwing out another one. I am Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Let's wrap this sucker up. Again, go to youtube.com slash hoopball. Check that out right now. Follow me on Twitter, and I will talk to you there tomorrow. Week in review. You guys know the Friday shows. You seem to like them, so we'll just keep on doing them. So long for now. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.